0: new
1: cartridge command your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not so classic games of the 8 and 16 bit
0: era
2: i'm nick and i'm eric and this week's game is link's awakening part two for the game boy
1: All right, folks, here we are in part two of Link's Awakening, the Zelda Game Boy classic. Oh, yeah. Part two. Last week, we went over all of the items, the gameplay, and a little bit of the instruction manual. Yeah. This week, we're going to talk about our memories of the game and get into our general thoughts, plus perhaps a little bit of the characters and trading routes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So without further ado, Nick, what was your personal history with The Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past?
2: Well, um, I really didn't have one. I haven't played this game before. Ever. No, but I do have two stories about it. Okay. First, The first one, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast before, but I specifically remember it was, I mean, I'm guessing in 93, my younger brother's birthday, Mm -hmm. where he got to get a Game Boy game for his birthday, and he, you know... As an older brother, I would always kind of tell him what to get. You know. Right. And it was this time when I purposely was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm right. just going to let him pick for himself. It's, you know, don't be a jerk. Right. And so he had told me, he was like, I'm thinking about getting this Zelda. And I was like, don't, don't tell him what to do. Just back off. And so I did. And then later, uh, we get in the car. And then him and my sister were like, hey, we got a surprise for you. Check out the game I got for my birthday. And I'm like, what is it? You know, thinking, oh, is it Zelda? And mm-hmm. it, nope, it was Mortal Kombat mortal combat yeah i felt so bad because for the game boy it sucked so bad and my poor brother you know they were both knew i liked street fighting games so they were trying to impress me by getting this super crappy game and i felt it was so funny ouch yep paid the price for it
1: and and story number two
2: story number two okay this involves two cartridge commandos uh, okay our, our good buddy bill friend of the podcast been on the show once even uh, many, many years ago, he had started his job, and he went to an interview. It was, oh, I don't know, like 5 in the morning.
1: Uh, you know, I was there that night. You starting to remember now? And I was offered to go along with you guys, and I chose the smarter path of not going <laughs> and just staying there, at, chose, staying at Bill's house.
2: That was very wise because it was a, a horrifying night of super heavy fog, driving uh, for at least an hour to this destination, where we were then just sitting in a car waiting for him while he was getting processed or whatever. Mm-hmm and uh, our good other buddy sean another cartridge commando was in the car with me waiting and we had a game boy and he was playing this game kind of goofily narrating it you know like coho lint island while i sat in the back seat Starting up a storm. I had the worst gas I think I've ever had, and it was power windows, baby. And so he couldn't, we didn't have the keys, so he couldn't roll down the windows, and I was able to hold the doors shut. Wow. He would not let him unlock it. He screamed at me repeatedly for over an hour until we finally opened the doors because we both had to use the bathroom. <laughs>
1: That's. It's quite intense, and it makes me even happier that I was not there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was was rough, man. We were both so tired and slap-happy. You know, I don't know how how long we waited in that parking lot in that stinky car.
1: And good on Bill. He still has that job to this day. Yeah, it's crazy. It was
2: a momentous night, indeed.
1: Now, as for me, uh, I owned the DX version of this game. While I was aware of it coming out for the Game Boy, I really stopped buying Game Boy games at that time. Okay. It was 93. Yeah. And, um... I actually bought this game in college oh, Okay. Uh, for a road trip as well. Oh, sweet. Okay. Um, a friend of mine, we both bought it, or we both got Game Boy Colors. Okay. It was the, yeah. And I bought this game to play on it. Sure, sure. And um, it was a road trip out to the Sundance Film Festival where oh, right. I played this game 0%. <laughs> yeah,
2: I imagine there were more exciting things to do.
1: And I was in a borrowed church van with, a, you know, seven other college students so nice i bet it the smelled. last thing well, i wanted to do was play the game <laughs> i'm
2: sure it smelled just as good as uh it, it did because half smarter. of them were ladies yeah oh yeah well
1: yeah uh i did uh beat this game eventually though on that cartridge and then okay um at least once or twice and then also playing it through the game boy advance player on my gamecube oh, yeah.
2: yeah i i thought that you had uh i thought you, i thought that you had played it i don't know this was always a blind spot for me in the zelda uh, series so you know it's crazy
1: it is and then nick what was your more recent experience with this game
2: um well i beat this game uh i played it very slowly over the course of uh you know i played it for like an hour maybe eight to ten times a day you know what yeah because I
1: mean? this is a long game
2: yeah it's definitely got some uh some yes it is
1: i i went to look at a playthrough to see if it would help me with my notes and i was like well i don't have the six and a half hours <laughs> to watch the playthrough.
2: Yeah, it's it is a it's a pretty long game. Like, and
1: that. I played it many, many times as well. I played my original cartridge, but I played it on my Game Boy Pocket. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, and if you play it that way, it strips all of the DX features from it. Mm. And um, again, yeah, I don't even know how many times I played this game. I played it just whenever I had a chance for many weeks, and I had a lot less time than I thought I would. So that's of course why we had to uh, extend oh, like right, when this yeah. game, this episode came out. Sure. But, of course, I did beat it as well. And since I was playing it on the original system, I there was no option to use any cheats. But you really don't need them.
2: Right, yeah. It's, uh, it's maybe the easiest Zelda. I don't know. It's pretty, like, I was never, the only things that were hard were figuring out certain puzzles. Agreed. You know, but the actual action portion of the game is pretty uh,
1: forgiving. Yes. Well, here we are in the general chat portion of the show. And I'd just like to start by saying that, for the longest time, this was my second favorite Zelda. And uh, mainly because it's just so fun and goofy.
2: Yeah, it's um, it's a great game, and it's a great Zelda game.
1: And I think it has that level of charm that you really didn't see in, in the Zelda games until this point.
2: Yeah, it's got its own unique kind of Zelda flavor, you know? It's mm-hmm. got a lot of uh, Link to the Past conventions, but its own identity as well.
1: And really, this game, like you said, isn't very hard because it's not a combat-centric game.
2: No, it's, you know... We're at the portion, the transitory period of the Zelda franchise's life where it's moving towards more puzzly stuff. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this that's not to say that there isn't a lot of, like, action and combat in this game. There is, and it's fun, but it's never, like, life-threatening, I felt.
1: Correct. And, you know, to me, this really, I think more so than the last one, uh, linked to the Past, gets more of that adventuring and exploring aspect back to it. Sure. Yeah. Now, the world is pretty segmented. It's hard to get from place to place. But you always feel like you're trying to discover a new area or find things in that area. Yeah, yeah. And you're often rewarded for trying to get to areas you you haven't been to before.
2: Definitely. And um, this game really has that Metroid style of teasing you with areas you can see that you can't get to. Oh, yeah. um, But since it has these new items or ways that you can combine them or use combos, Mm -hmm. you know... Like I mentioned the last episode, anytime I saw one of the super jump areas, the I just, three hole gap, I just assumed it was a hookshot spot or certain other things. So it kind of keeps you on your toes, but you have to find these new ways that they force you to be inventive with your uh, items.
1: Yeah, it's very interesting, and all those items are really fun to use. You know, like we said before, being able to remap the items to whatever button you want is just immensely freeing
2: man i love it it's like like i said i wish all the zelda games were like this like having if you could do this on the super nintendo with four buttons like my mind is blown
1: yeah i mean even if you could go back to the first one and do this think about how much more free and how many more uh special weapons or items you'd be using as you run around
2: yeah for sure it's it's great and as much as i love the sword you know i it's just fun to be able to not use it use a wand use anything it's crazy
1: yeah and you know if you want what's great is you can have the sword and the wand out or you know any of these combinations that they don't have to just be combinations to do special things like the bomb and arrow which is awesome yeah yeah um just being able to really quickly flip between anything is just really cool and there are definitely parts in different dungeons where it behooves you to have different setups
2: Uh, definitely and the way that they not only you know like you get the shield as a selectable item Mm -hmm. at first i'm i was kind of pissed i'm like what is this this is stupid it's a Mm -hmm. shield but it's awesome it works like they redefined everything to make it worth having worth selecting
1: yeah now again i wish that you could hot select those a little quicker but there really is no way around it uh the biggest problem is that once you have two or three songs for that ocarina yeah you can't select to the left or right of the ocarina yeah, yeah so that becomes a tiny sticking point but really it's great that you can hot that you can really quickly tap through items to mm-hmm. pop them in and out of your selections
2: that uh that ocarina it reminds me of the bottles in mm. link to the past you know yeah you, but here since you will have say two items selected and then you you know map one what other third item to a or mm-hmm. b it swaps the, the item in and out of your list, so you can move them around, so you can keep that Alcarina at the very bottom yeah, away from everything.
1: It's cool. You have freedom to rearrange those items because of that. Yeah, pretty cool. Now, as far as graphics go in this game, um, you are a little more zoomed in than you have been, because they want to give you a very detailed set of sprites. Yeah. But I feel like they really hit a sweet spot.
2: It, yeah, it works. It's um the the backgrounds and stuff all look pretty much straight out of Link to the Past. Yes. They look great. They're even animated in parts. It's mm-hmm. it's it's gorgeous.
1: And the sprites of the characters and enemies are wonderful. I mean, they are definitely a cartoonier take mm-hmm. on many of the classic enemies you're going to find in the very first Zelda. Yeah. But it's still somehow amazing that they have gotten better sprites on the Game Boy than they did the first Zelda game. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They they look really good and they're relatively well animated. Mm-hmm. And the uh, you know, we should mention too, I don't know if we had talked about this before, but we you know we do compare a lot of this game a lot to A Link to the Past. But one thing it shares in common with the original Legend of Zelda is that it's a screen by screen game like yeah it, it doesn't have big open scrolling areas you just you move one screen at a time
1: which i like more my brain can compartmentalize those one screens easier than a yeah. big area
2: yeah I, I know what you mean it does i at first i thought it might be kind of uh, weird and a step back but it really didn't bother me at all
1: no in fact i think it's easier for me to navigate with that method definitely yeah one thing i thought was interesting was that since the sprites are a little more detailed they've kind of gone in a cartoonier direction with mm-hmm. a lot of the enemies yeah and for the most part though i'd really like it like you know sometimes i yeah. think they can take it too far but in this one you know everything's just cute enough
2: yeah yeah it's not i don't know i always think of like ray bites from secret of mana or whatever mm-hmm. you know with super cute goofy little enemies or slimes right. you know but they're you know these all at least look kind of tough you know
1: mm, for the most part i mean the, the zolos
2: what the blobs or whatever are, no or? what
1: are, who are the uh the mummy characters
2: Oh, the Gibdo. Yeah, the mummy does look pretty pudgy here, but
1: but you know I'll forgive it because so many of the enemies, like the Moblins and whatnot, are great. Yeah, the dark nuts, they all look really cool. Sure, sure. And of course, all most of these creatures are from the original and the sequel to Zelda.
2: Yeah, there are many familiar faces here, but maybe slightly different. You know, like the sprites. Their behavior may be the same, but the sprites will look different. Like uh, like we'll see Tectites or some other guys. You know, right? They're pretty cool looking.
1: And what's cool is there are many areas in this game that mimic uh, places from the very first Zelda as well. Oh sure, yeah. You're gonna have a graveyard. You're gonna have some mountains where the the rocks are falling down. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you've got a desert area, all the things you're gonna want to find.
2: Yeah, oh, classic Zelda hits.
1: And that brings us to the music because oh. the music in this game is wonderful.
2: Yes, it's it's incredible.
1: It's Zelda in stereo mm-hmm, and stereo, yeah. and you know, this was came out after the Link to the Past. So, of course, there was a lot to live up to there. Yeah. But it has that wonderful Game Boy chip sound. Yes. And they really just push it to the limit because this is a game about music. Well, yeah, that's true.
2: And uh, when you look at the track list for this game, you'll see, like, it has so much music. Yeah. So many different, like, all of the instruments have their own little, you know... Theme. Little, yeah, little leitmotif or whatever that they play. All of the dungeons, all of these different parts that... I didn't even realize we're all different songs until I was really looking at it. It's it's crazy.
1: Because so many of them are variations on a song. Yeah. So at yeah. first, you know, your brain may just think, oh, it's the same song, but it's actually being played in a different instrument or key or something like that.
2: Yeah, or, you know, it sounds the same at the beginning, but it goes into different places. Like, the you know, the overworld theme, like, it, it kicks into its own, like, you know, it's there's a lot of really, like, rousing, adventurous music that I'm a sucker for, so it, it sounds great.
1: It does. It really carries you on, especially... You know, in sections where you haven't maybe unlocked or found your warp yet. So you're just going to be wandering through lots of overhead. Yeah, yeah. But of course, a lot of these songs do harken back to themes from the original as well. Yeah, yeah. In a good way. And then not only are there nods to the original games in this game, but there is a lot of nods to the Nintendo world and the Mario franchise in general.
2: Yeah, yeah. We already mentioned meeting
1: Wart Mm -hmm. last week. Uh, We see in the dungeons... We see Goombas in the side-scrolling areas and mm-hmm. Piranha Plants. Yeah, yeah. Podoboos. Classic Fireballs. Yeah, yeah. There are Shy Guys in this game.
2: Yeah, there's a Bow Wow is a Chomp, a Chain Chomp in, in the village.
1: Yeah, and there's a Evil Kirby enemy as well. Yeah, yeah, which
2: I don't think I ever fought them. I always just ran away because they seemed like a pain. We well, got to get a bomb inside or something? With or hit him with a boomerang. See. Oh, well, the yeah.
1: magic boomerang. Yeah, But uh, it's really fun because it's not overdone and it's done in just a subtle, fun way that does yeah. add to that dreamlike quality of this game.
2: Yeah, and there's... Um, there's
1: even a Yoshi in here.
2: That's right, Yoshi doll. they're a... popping up everywhere these days. <laughs> there is also a cameo um, from this other game for The Frog for Whom the Bell
1: Tolls. Now, is that a Japanese game? Yeah. Okay.
2: It's a Japanese Famicom game. Uh, he's the the guy who asks you to get the, the gold leaves okay he's got the frogs in his room mm-hmm. it's some weird game i read a little bit about it where it's about like two brothers they get turned into frogs and they're princes something i don't know
1: and then most importantly there are two characters in this game that are basically mario and luigi oh wait what yeah and they're even colored in the dx version as such we've got uh maybe I... is it Marin's dad oh maybe and the Birdman.
2: Well, oh, the guy in the hen house? Yeah. at the top of the...
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. They both have the mustaches. That's true, yeah. The birdman is taller and wears green. Yeah,
2: yeah. I didn't even think about it. I, I didn't see them together, so I didn't... Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, and the one guy gets turned into a
1: raccoon. Exactly. So,
2: hmm, crazy.
1: Now, while we said this game is not as combat heavy and is more adventure-based, to me that kind of adds a slower pace to this game. It's more about wandering around. And I did a lot yeah. of wandering around when I played it this time.
2: Oh, I, yeah, I definitely did because... It it does a great job of presenting you with lots of like tantalizing little, like, you can't get here yet, but there's something here. And then every time, you know, now I got the hook shot going back. Now I got the feather going back. Now I got this going back. Check them all out Mm because there's enough uh, variety of spots that I can't keep them all straight.
1: Exactly. And there are also a bunch of like smaller things to do in this world that are, you know, sometimes part of the quest, but also just fun diversions. Like you have the shops with the claw game. Yeah, the trendy game. And it's a very easy claw game. Yeah, yeah. But it's just fun to have that extra step to it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really there to get you the, the Yoshi doll. Mm-hmm. But you can get a you can get some magic powder or some money there. Shield? You know, yeah, yeah.
1: If you lose your shield. Can you lose your shield in this game? I didn't. I, I never know. did either. <laughs> but you do encounter like-likes. Yeah, yeah. So there's maybe the chance to.
2: I didn't, yeah, I didn't run into them.
1: And there's the um, river race in the game.
2: Yeah, I, that's kind of close to the end when you've. I mean that's when I well, first discovered. You can get it. it.
1: You can do it as soon as you have the flippers.
2: I'll tell you, I was very disappointed that it's I, it's horrible. Well, I thought there was this big section of the map. Like there's still this. There's another level over there. Right. And know? there's not. It's no, only no. the river race. Yeah. And the river race is essentially just like choosing paths on a bunch of conveyors. Yeah. <laughs> and riverbed. I was
1: not great at it. I could never get more than a hundred and forty coins from it, which sounds like a lot. Yeah, but it costs a hundred. It costs a hundred to do. Yeah. So you know it. Does it give you the opportunity to refill like your bombs and your uh, magic powder and stuff as well.
2: But for hundred gold, you could easily do that. I, I know. I, I don't know. I by the, I only discovered it at close to the end of the game, and I had so much money, I didn't care. Right. So I was, you know. There's a fishing mini game.
1: Yeah, and that's where you can get I think one of your uh, pieces of the one of your seashells.
2: Yeah, there's a heart container down there too. Or a heart container, yeah. There might be both. I don't know. You get money for them too, but you know. But they but... have to
1: be good, good fish.
2: Yeah, and I like that it's just, like, these are fun little mini-games that they don't try to trick you into thinking, like, maybe there'll be something again later. It's like, right. let's just come here. There's four fish. Catch them. <laughs>
1: You're good. You- You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. And then, on top of that, you know, this game is really populated by a world of characters. Yeah, yeah. And they are truly characters. These aren't characters such as, you know, townspeople you find in a Final Fantasy game right. or Dragon Warrior. Everyone has a personality and a look to them.
2: Yeah, you have several different, you know there's the grandpa there i don't know i mean we can go through and talk about them right or if you want
1: yeah. let's go ahead and do that right now then because they're all really interesting and they really make up you know the fabric of this game and give it so much of its flavor now there also is just wonderful goofy text throughout the game and Mm -hmm. full of like i don't know bad jokes or just goofiness that i really enjoy
2: no there's a very tongue-in-cheek meta-ness to a lot of things you know like the kids will be like you know if you press select you can check out the map what does that mean i don't know i'm just a kid right or you know like it knows what's up so it's it's pretty funny
1: and you know at first i was like oh no i spoiled it for my son that this game was all a dream right but as i remember playing the game again i realized that no that's pointed out to you like a hundred times throughout the game
2: very yeah pretty early on like yes like because it's something that as someone who had not played it i kind of felt like well i already know right like, it's some big mystery. You know what I mean? But they really don't try to hide it from you.
1: But it gets more interesting towards the end because then, like, the bosses are like, this is a dream. Don't don't end this. We'll right. all die. We'll all be gone. Yeah. I, and it I, starts getting weirder in that regard. The one, yeah, my one gripe is that how
2: at the very end, then it's like, no, these nightmares are attacking and they want to take over the island. You know? Right.
1: But that was never really a thing before.
2: Yeah. I wish that wasn't there because then it would be like, you, you know, you would have this moral quandary. Right. Of... You want to leave the island because you don't belong here, and the only way to do it is to wake the Wind Fish, which will make everyone disappear. Correct. So that would be wow. You have to make that call, but mm-hmm. instead they're like, "Well, yeah, but there's bad guys, so you got to
1: do it." You have you know, to do it to help the Wind Fish. They
2: back away from it being really crazy, but it's still really good, though.
1: Yeah, it definitely made me think, and, and you know, it, it was odd to think about the fact that I was on a quest to basically destroy all the friends I had just made.
2: <laughs> right, right. I, yeah, and I feel like, man, if they would have hit it from you yes for the first half of the game and really let you you know i don't know really let you get to know some of these people to like twist the screws later it would have been it could have been a very artistic thing you know Mm -hmm.
1: so these characters we're talking about they populate the town they populate you know houses throughout the area as well and then there's some that are not even human but you know the townspeople are the ones who are going to deal with the most and the characters around the town Mm -hmm. and most importantly is the other main character of the game Marin.
2: Marin, yeah um I think she's the one who rescues you from the sea to begin with. Mm-hmm. And her father is
1: the one that finds your shield. Yeah,
2: and, and she's known to look... You think she's Zelda at first. Mm-hmm. So she apparently looks just like Princess Zelda. And she can sing.
1: Yes, and play... And she has that song that she teaches you on the Ocarina.
2: Yeah, the Ballad of the windfish.
1: Uh And then you encounter her throughout the game. And, uh, you know, she. you have to take her places at one point. Yeah, yeah. Because there are a couple times where you have a follower character in this game. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty nice because you don't have to protect them in any way, shape, or form.
2: Yeah, you are not responsible for their well-being.
1: And they can do all the super moves you can do, so yeah, you don't yeah. have to worry about any of that. It's, yeah. it's it's a very nice way of dealing with it. As it should be. And then the other, I guess, main character of the game is the owl. Yeah, does he have a name, or is he just... It's just the owl. Mysterious
2: owl, man. Yeah, um, a talking owl will fly down and give you some... Uh,
1: cryptic advice yeah yeah
2: it's usually pretty pointed where it'll be like what's the next thing to do maybe that mountain you know (laughs) to the north has something i think you know you're just like all right go there then Uh, which is nice you know i kind of like that direct just let me know what's up you know
1: yeah you know in the village you also have a bunch of children that run around yeah yeah um there is the shop owners they're pretty fun Right, yeah, yeah. There's a family in the northern part with a crying baby you deal with in the quest. Right, right. And even the uh, Bow Wow child can talk to you in a way. Yeah, yeah, the little one in the in the doghouse. Mm-hmm. Um, now, what also makes this game cool is that there is an older couple there. There's the grandpa and grandma.
2: Yeah, Grandpa or- Orira.
1: Yes, and he's great because he won't talk to you in person. Right, right. You have to call him on the phone. Yep. And when you find these telephone booths throughout the map... Yeah, essentially, yeah. You can pop in and give him a call and he'll give you like a little clue.
2: Yeah, and they're pretty funny, you know, sometimes. Like I recall one where he's like, there's something strange in the desert to the southeast. How more obvious can I get? Or, you know, like he <laughs> right. lets you know, like, just go here. Like,
1: and that, and that is, you know, this overall charm that I love about this game. Yeah. It's very self-aware. Yeah, yeah, yes. Now there is another town in this game, the Animal Village.
2: Yeah, populated with animal people.
1: Mainly rabbits. Yeah. Uh, but there's also a hippo and some alligators. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The hippo, she features in the quest. Mm-hmm. One of the alligators is a painter. Right. And then there's also um, an alligator on the shores. Oh, okay, okay. It's the banana guy. Yeah, yeah. That's confusing. We'll get to that later. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you do encounter a monkey in the forest, but that's, you know, also part of the quest. And it's a bear. That's the... Uh, Uh The main guy you talk to in the animal village.
2: Now, this monkey, are you talking about the one that throws the coconuts or whatever? No, there's
1: one that builds a bridge for you. Oh, yeah. Okay, right. No. The coconut monkey is just annoying. It doesn't do anything. You can knock him off, but that's it.
2: I spent... I could... uh, I know. It's so confusing. (laughs) Yes, it is. And it does not... It really seems like there should be something to it. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, why is it there?
1: Now, I don't know. (laughs) Uh, There is a gentleman named Mr. Wright... Who lives by himself and loves to write letters? Yeah, and he's
2: Mr. Wright from SimCity, you know. Yeah, that's so, just pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, it's spelled. Right is spelled different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's as in writing with a pencil here, and yeah, pretty funny.
1: There is a fisherman you come across, and uh, he's part of that trading sequence as well. Mm-hmm. And then uh, finally, a mermaid. Yeah, yeah, it's not Annie the mermaid, but no, still pretty cool as far as mermaids go. Yes, we also mentioned a uh, crazy Tracy. She's the one that gives you that magic powder. <laughs> and she's crazy because she's a crazy cat lady, which is pretty funny. Yeah. There is uh, the Cuckoo Keeper, which we mentioned earlier, who is that Luigi parable.
2: Oh, right, right, yeah. He's up on the mountain.
1: There is the Mad Batter, the gentleman that will give you uh increases to your various items, which he presents to you as a curse. Yeah. <laughs> ha ha, now you have to carry all those things around. Yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious. There is Mamu, which is their name for... Uh, for wart. For wart. Yeah. And Monbo, the fish. Mambo. Uh, there's Richard, the Frogman. Oh, that's his name. Yeah, Richard. Mm-hmm. And uh, all these people are very interesting because they are unique sprites and have a unique voice.
2: Yeah. This game has a pretty good localization. Like, the clues and things are sometimes vague, but they're it's never like a weird choice of words or anything that makes it confusing. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, we have gushed about so much of this game, but there are a few things that kind of drive me nuts in this game. <laughs> yeah. But there's only a very few. Yeah. And at the top of the list is the fact that every time you touch one of those crystals (laughs) it says this is a strange object there must be some way of taking care of it." yes
2: all of the boulders everything you can't move anytime you accidentally you're just trying to push them to see if they'll push and it's like nope you get a message every time it's it's maddening
1: it is pretty obnoxious (laughs) uh like i said the music can go on a little long when you're in that acorn loop
0: Mm -hmm, or the mm -hmm. sword
1: power up yeah yeah but otherwise i mean most of the frustration this game presents is just from being c- confused as to who you're going to trade with next or just where you need to go.
2: There's one like one thing that bothers me, and I can tell you because I played the DX version that it didn't help with it being color, is that uh, another returning feature from A Link to the Past are those crystal orbs that raise and lower Yes. Uh, those walls or squares. you know Yeah, there's I mean. blocks. But previously, they were blue and orange, and you were switching which one was elevated, right? But they're yes. all the same color here. Yeah. So you're just swishing them in and out. So there are certain situations where if there's doesn't happen to be one of those squares visible where you're hitting, you don't know what the switch is set to. Right. So that like that caused my mind to melt in this like one dungeon towards the end where it, it was really there's like, a lot of switching going on. Yeah, and it's really hard to keep track of because you have these different blocks that are all like right next to each other, and you're like, where where do I need to be? Where, where? I don't know. It, it gets it's it's not uh, a deal breaker,
1: but it is a little tough. And some of those final dungeons can be very confusing because you have to really backtrack different areas fall through the whole specific holes in the floor to get to certain ledges
2: yeah yeah they're tough i mean and it's not really a gripe i kind of love it these they really remind me of the dungeons from legend of zelda the towards the end where they're they're big and you have different chunks you're trying to move around
1: through and so much of it is like you know i've got this many keys i need to make sure i save them for this area or i see a lock over there that i can't get to yeah yeah i need to figure out how to get to that side of the map yeah but i think that the addition of that uh, chime when you go to a room yeah. from the compass that is a huge bonus
2: yes it's it's great it really lets you because that is a lot of it too where you know i just need a key mm-hmm. and i well now i got to find one so and it's not like it hasn't there's been no solved, way to buy them right. you know it's not like legend of zelda where you can have an excess stock of keys when you come in
1: and well actually you can oh yeah or maybe not okay maybe not when you come in but there are definitely some dungeons where you don't have to use every key
2: and you can take them to the future ones, maybe. That I don't know about,
1: mm-hmm. but I do know that I have gone to the end of dungeons where I was like, "Well, I still have a key. But oh, I got really? the item, and I've got oh, the map yeah. and stuff." So
2: I guess because there are certain ones where you might think there's stuff, but it's just more coins or a seashell in the dungeon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: Hmm. Another thing I really liked was the fact that you know the way you find each dungeon it's it's very linear, unlike the first game. But it they're the way they unlock the dungeons for you doesn't feel stale or forced. You do something slightly different every time.
2: Yeah, like, how many, there are like five of them that have a special dungeon key you have to find before you can even open the gate to the dungeon.
1: Which I think is cool because, you know, you have, you think you've gotten to the dungeon entrance, but really you just got the key, and then somewhere nearby usually is the actual entrance to that dungeon.
2: Yeah, I mean, it just gives you more stuff to search for, which is fun.
1: And then finally, I want to talk about the trading mini game or meta game, because You know, a lot of people, I think as time goes on, don't like trading quests as much.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a fetch quests thing, but it's...
1: I feel like in this game, it's interwoven through the story so well.
2: Yeah, it's pretty good. And I mean, even for some of them are kind of vague to where you're like, I don't know how I would know to give this to this person, but I did anyways. Like, you know what I mean? Because
1: even though there is this wide cast of characters in the world, there is only so many people. Yeah. So... At the worst, you're going to go to talk to 12 people in yeah. this area or 15 across the map to figure out which thing activates them.
2: Yeah, yeah. Once you get to know them all and then, you know, you start you start getting these random items and then, you know, you'll eventually figure out that, hey, this person wants this item. You can go, you trade it to them for an item and then keep it moving, paying it forward.
1: And for the most part, a lot of them are kind of self-explanatory. You really know once you've met a character, once you, that this item belongs to that person. yeah. Um, in the very beginning of the game, the first thing you need to get is the Yoshi doll.
2: That's the start, yep.
1: It is in that uh, the northern shop in the town. Yeah. The, in that claw game.
2: The trendy game, yeah.
1: And I do love the fact that when you get it, it says, it's a Yoshi doll. This guy's been popping up in lots of games lately. Yeah.
2: Well, the Yoshi doll is also pointed out specifically, it's the only one of the sequence in the manual. Okay. Where it's like, what? somebody probably really wants this. So they're they're really trying to get you hooked in there.
1: They do. And who wants it? But it's the mother of the crying child. Yeah. She wants it to calm her kid down.
2: I think she even tells you that she wants a Yoshi doll. Yes. When you first meet her. So, you know, it's pretty obvious.
1: And you just have to talk to her and she will say, oh, you've got that doll. Can I have it? Yeah. And everyone you talk to in the trading sequence will ask you if you can have the item. Yeah. Which is fun because you can also reject them. That's true. Yeah. And they always have some sort of like smarmy thing they say at you usually. <laughs> I didn't Uh,
2: think to try to refuse them.
1: I did on accident sometimes (laughs) because I just button matching to get through some of the text. Yeah, yeah. So, um, although I will say, I kind of wish I played it on on this one emulator I have because it has a fast forward button. Oh, yeah. That would have made some of the sequences great.
0: Right, right.
1: But once you've given her the Yoshi doll, you are given a ribbon. Yeah. And if you've talked to the entirety of the town, even the dog's child yeah the the little home. (laughs) she'll told you that she wants to look pretty and of course a ribbon makes you look pretty so you take it to her yeah and from that she will give you a can of dog food
2: yeah a can of dog food which what was there's like one of the alligators right is obsessed with he wants canned food
1: yeah he's just starving and he wants some food
2: oh oh oh, right see that's kind of weird you would think a dog would want the dog food
1: but yeah but but you can't talk to any of the dogs in the game yeah it is true now if you take it to him Uh, The crocodile who lives in the house near the shore. He's just so hungry. You give him the dog food. uh, And then he gives you a banana, which is also food, oddly enough. Yeah. But I guess he doesn't eat vegetables. Yeah.
2: So I know what you're thinking. That monkey outside, he's right next door to this place. Surely he gets the bananas.
1: And that's the thing that bothered me for so long.
2: It bothered me... And especially learning, I, I kept thinking one day I'll come back and solve the mystery of that monkey. But no, he's just there being a jerk, throwing coconuts at people and probably Lord knows what else. I don't know. Right.
1: Uh, no, you want to take that, that banana uh, to a different monkey, one that's on a broken bridge near the castle. Oh, right. Yeah. And you give him the bananas and he calls all of his friends in and they, they complete the bridge for you. Sure. They yeah. make it out of sticks. Yeah. Yeah. And when they're done, there's one stick left over, and you get to keep it. Yeah. Now, uh, real quickly after that, you take that stick to a man who's trying to knock down a beehive. This was a, this was
2: a first sticking point. I actually cheated to find out what to do with this stick. Okay. I, you, didn't,
1: you didn't find the beehive man?
2: N- no, I had wandered around and just missed that spot. And, okay. And this is one sprite where once I knew it was a beehive, I could see it. But at first glance, I was
1: like, I don't know what's going on. Here. Gotcha. So. You're like, is that a gourd? yeah
2: or what is i don't know some kind of weird
1: cornucopia? <laughs> is it a thanksgiving tree
2: yes <laughs> right it's, it's full of turkey
1: now you give the man the stick and uh well he will use it to knock down the beehive and then you get a fun little sequence of him being chased by bees oh yeah yeah and i guess he just wanted the honey out of the beehive because he leaves you the honeycomb yeah now you take that honeycomb
2: to your honeycomb hideout
1: yes no to the to the bear
2: yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah, bears love honey. Yes, they do. You bring him the honeycomb, and he is a chef. He will use it in his food, and he trades you another ingredient. He gives you the pineapple. Yeah. Now, this is where things get a little more confusing, because the pineapple you give to the starving man in the mountains. Okay, yeah,
2: which is, of all the foodstuffs, it's the hardest one to eat, but... Right. Whatever. He'll take anything you can get.
1: Yes, and in exchange, he gives you the hibiscus flower... Now you've been in the animal village many times. Ah, uh, yeah. So you've obviously heard the hippopotamus talking about how she wants to, she loves flowers and she's even said that hibiscuses are her yeah, favorite
2: specifically, so.
1: So you need where to go with that? Oh yeah. To you take it to Christine, the yeah. Hippopotamus and in turn she gives you a letter. And of course, if you've wandered this map enough, you do know that the letter is going to Mr. Wright.
2: Yeah, he says he loves letters and getting them and you can give it to him.
1: And when you do, you get another hilarious little sequence. Yeah,
2: yeah, where it shows, like, a picture. It's like, it came with a picture, too, and, and it's a picture of Princess Peach. Yes. But it's signed Christine. And you're. I think Link even says, he's like, wait, that's not.
1: And then like he cuts perfect. himself off. Yeah.
2: So that, that hippopotamus is catfishing Mr. Wright already.
1: <laughs> Indeed. When, now, maybe Wright likes a, uh, a more full-figured lady, hey, so she I, should just go with it.
2: Yeah, well, you never know. That's, you know, I don't know. You should be yourself.
1: Indeed. Now, once you've given that letter to Mr. Wright, um, he, oddly enough, gives you a broom.
2: Yeah, and this one, um, right away I knew that because there's the one lady who's, she's outside, she has a broom, she's going crazy and says, Yahoo, I love sweeping. Yes. It's pretty pretty on the nose, so you bring her the broom.
1: Yes, and it's a new broom. She loves it. She loves it so much that she gives you a fishing hook. Yeah. Now, this one could be a sticking point because it's very easy not to have found the fisherman.
2: Yeah, yeah um it well yeah I, I can see that too because there is another fisherman the guy who does the fishing mini game yes but in reality you know this is where you start getting to the later game because you're going to need the flippers mm-hmm. and then
1: uh and this fisherman is much like the one in link to the past yeah
2: he's under a bridge
1: so. hidden under the bridge so if you've played the other game you kind of know to go under all the bridges yeah and when you do you find him and he's fishing i had a hard time giving him this fishing hook oh really for some reason, like, it wouldn't let me do it from the back. Like, I had to, like, jump up into him. I don't know. I found it odd. Huh, okay. I, but I, don't recall. I was able to give him the fishing hook. And when you do, he says, I thank you so much. I will give you my next catch. Oh, yeah, yeah. And luckily for you, his next catch is the mermaid's necklace.
2: Yeah, and I hadn't seen the mermaid at this point either. Really? I had seen the statue. Okay. But I, I just... Um... It wasn't until I I didn't know I I was like mermaid's necklace, whatever. I just started swimming around because this is pretty right after you get the flippers Mm -hmm. exploring that like lake area.
1: Now, if you have talked to the mermaid before, she says, I lost my necklace. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, if you give me my necklace, I'll let you take one of my scales. Yeah. So, of course, you know, you need to take her the necklace. Yeah. You give it to her. And then there's a funny interaction where she's like, all right, you can take a scale, but only one. Right. And you got to like dive down and get it.
2: Yeah, and it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, after you after you get the scale, if you talk to her again, she says an artist made a statue of me, but he always wanted a scale. Yes. So that's the hint to go to the statue of the mermaid, which you may have seen.
1: And what's nice is like she swims around for a little bit and then gets up on like a, a little perch in a different spot. Yeah,
2: hangs out on a little rock for a minute, gets some sun. Pretty sweet.
1: Now finding your way to that um, statue can be a little bit of a pain.
2: Yeah, it takes a minute. Uh, It did for me because you can see it relatively early on, but you don't have the proper tools to make the journey.
1: No, you need a hook shot, I think, to get there. Yeah, I think so. And once you do, you put the scale on the mermaid statue and then it moves and reveals a staircase.
2: Yeah, and and then you head down there and and that's where you get the magnifying lens. Yes,
1: your final item in the quest.
2: Yeah, which just lets you see certain things?
1: Yeah, creatures that were... in. Uh, previously invisible are now visible mm-hmm. uh you now can see the guy that will trade you the boomerang right right and there's a book in the library outside of town yeah that's right yeah. that is uh mysteries with text you can't read yeah you once you have that you can read it and it gives you the final uh sequence movement sequence you need in the, in less... the final yeah, level yeah that's
2: right i was trying to remember what its specific
1: use was but, of course, if you're cool, you go straight to that uh, friendly uh, gorilla Yeah, yeah. that you could not see before, get and you boomerang. get that boomerang. And you love every minute of it. I, one day,
2: I will get back and start ranging around.
1: You, you truly should, because it is just wonderful. And, you know, you have to get all the way up to that magnifying lens to beat the game.
2: Yeah, you're going to do it anyway, so you might as well, you know.
1: Actually, no, I guess you don't.
2: Well, you needed to get that sequence right. I guess
1: you could just brute force your way through the sequence
2: Uh, yeah i guess maybe i uh, one of the faqs i was reading this guy he swore that it's random every time it's a different sequence in that map but i don't know
1: okay so maybe you do need it then but either way but what's cool is you know these items aren't used by you during the quest right but you know having them on your possession and knowing there are creatures out there or people looking for these things it adds a whole other dimension to the playability of this game.
2: Oh, I know, man. Um, it reminds me of um, the first Final Fantasy game on the NES because there's early on a sequence where you're like you're mo- you're going around to all these different towns, and there's always somebody needs something. The the elven prince needs an herb. Well, to get that, you got to get the crystal to give to the witch to get that. You know, to get that, you got to get the crown to give to this guy, and mm-hmm. this, it starts this whole chain of like swapping items out till it eventually ends up with you getting. TNT to blow up on a canal. So it, I don't know. It's it's a familiar way to keep you moving. I don't know. It gives you a little something to do than just naked grinding.
1: Agreed. And you know I just love the the flavor it gives you and the little window it takes you into all these weird characters' <laughs> yeah. lives.
2: Yeah, and it, you know it makes sense for the for the most part. There's a few in there where you're like, you could have come up with something
1: slightly better, a little
2: more logical, I guess. But the there's so few denizens of this island that you it's not hard to just mash through.
1: No, not at all. All right, folks, you find us here in the level-by-level portion of our show. And of course, this game kind of has levels. Yeah. We have our overhead, and we have our dungeons. I think we're going to try to talk about parts of the overhead world as they relate to the dungeons you find in them. Sure. Uh, That way, you're not stuck listening to dungeon after dungeon after dungeon. Dungeons. But once we get to those dungeons, we're not going to take them room by room. We're going to give you our right. general impressions and kind of the new things and the, the, the theme of the dungeon along with its mini boss or boss. Sure, yeah. So in the beginning of the game, you have the village, and it has some great buildings. It has a square with that wind uh, weather vane statue.
2: Yeah, yeah. Familiar. Familiar looking from uh, A Link to the Past. Mm-hmm. And right away, you you know, you wake up in a, a, a house here where you will meet Terran. He'll give you the shield and tell you to head south to the shore to get your sword.
1: Yep. And once you're down there, you get your sword. And if you explore it around, you realize that there's uh, some bushes blocking you from doing anything else. But once you have the sword, you can now slash those bushes and make your way north. And the northern area is the what? What do they call this forest? The Mysterious Forest. The Mysterious Forest. Yeah. Uh, You're going to be greeted with uh, the Raccoon Man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you find the mushroom in here too, right? Yep. Yeah.
1: And this whole area is about getting the magic powder... Yes. And just learning combat. Yeah,
2: and and there's a little bit of, like, underground exploration. There's, a you know, a few, I don't know if you call them cave. You know what I mean? Where you go inside the the wood logs and stuff. Yes. You know, very early on, you're going to start seeing either, it's usually either pits or boulders that are going to be cordoning you off to where you don't have the items to get past here yet. Right. So you explore where you can.
1: And once you've completed that top area, you can hopefully have enough money to start playing the games and and start moving on that item quest yeah yeah you want to get your bombs right away definitely yeah and but really the first thing you're going to, want to get to is the tail cave which is closer to the shore area south of town and you know to come here because once you've used the powder on the raccoon man he gives you the key and tells you where this dungeon is
2: yeah that's that's terran right mm-hmm. yeah so you can get into your first dungeon
1: yep and like many of these dungeons you use a key it opens the entrance and some of these early ones, the entrance is right there where you use the key. Yeah, yeah, which is
2: you know it's nice and convenient.
1: Mm-hmm. And this uh, dungeon is pretty basic. It shows you a lot of your you know starter enemies, the slimes, the
2: yeah. You'll see familiar. You will see those weird, uh, I don't know, like squid cannonball looking bumper enemies. Mm-hmm. That's what I always call them. That that you are pretty much indestructible. Not they're not indestructible, but they're easy. Almost always just knock them off.
1: Correct. You also get the your first encounter with the stealth host in this game. Yeah. And they're a little different, too, because they jump around. Yeah, yeah. They don't just walk in a set pattern.
2: Sometimes throwing bones at you, they'll jump back. Um, this, um, The main thing with this dungeon you're exploring is to find the rock's feather. That's your treasure
1: here. And that will give you access to some of the map that you couldn't jump across before.
2: Yeah. And also, we'll see, uh, for the first of a few times, uh, a kind of a frustrating enemy in here where i don't know what to call them they look kind of like a weird penguin but they have the four card suits oh i chest. hate those
1: guys the, the the yes i
2: don't know yeah I don't, I don't know what they're supposed to be but they basically uh it's just three enemies in a room that will move around and when you strike one with your sword uh you know they all have they're cycling through all four of the the suits of a deck of cards on their chests and when you hit them they will stop
1: and i think hit. they're called three of a kind
2: ah makes sense okay Yeah. And that's what you need to do is stop them all on the exact same, you know, club, heart. These guys
1: always took me three or four tries.
2: Yeah, sometimes. One time I got really lucky. I came in, my sword was charged, and they were close enough to where I was able to hit them all at the same time with a spin shot. Nice. But never, ever again. I got got that once.
1: And then perhaps new, at least in looks to this entry, is the one-way doors. Yeah, where it's a, uh, you know, the silhouette of a person, you walk to it and it flips it around.
2: Yeah, it's like a rotating door, which is a pretty cool looking way to do it, I think.
1: Agreed. Now this dungeon does have a mini boss, Rolling Bones.
2: Yeah, yeah um, which is an interesting foe mm-hmm. in a way. He's a big creature i know the mini bosses in this game uh, some of them they have this weird cartoony style they remind me of i don't know what of some other game almost
1: kirby-esque
2: yeah i guess that's what it is you know they they have their own flavor
1: and this guy has a giant um rolling bar with spikes on it yeah he pushes from one side of the room to the other and you know that's bad news yes but you have that jump now so you can jump over it and then attack the guy and honestly this guy's pretty easy oh sure um Especially because you,
2: you have a pretty quick sword slash, so you jump over and you can really wail on them. Just go to town. Yeah,
1: because a lot of these mini-bosses, or even some bosses, they register a lot of hits in a row. They don't have like a very good uh, invincibility period. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It, it's great. And whenever you beat a mini-boss, it gives you then a warp.
2: Yeah, back to the first room of the dungeon. So mm-hmm. if you die and you have to restart at the beginning, then you can just warp back to at least here.
1: And what's really interesting to me is that the mini-bosses then, because of that, usually aren't halfway through the dungeon. They're usually like the final part of the dungeon. Yeah, yeah. So that's like, ugh, you got them done, on to the big boss. Get to the warp, yeah. And this big boss is a familiar foe. Yeah, this is a a Maldorm. Yep. Right? You may remember them from the very first game. Yeah, or
2: even A Link to the Past, you know, in this it kind of looks like a different color here but yeah
1: it is a giant wormish creature made up of many ball segments and its tail is its weak point and Mm -hmm. it just runs around the room
2: yeah it it can hurt you as well as knock you off which is
1: really the danger of this uh level is being knocked off yeah the the edges of the boss battle are like
2: i am never worried about dying i just have to start over
1: again yeah you just have to come back to the room
2: and i do want to say you know if you when you fall down you come to a, a little side-scrolling area mm-hmm. that you come back up. And it's a really cool little dungeon because it has, like, skeletons hanging and stuff. Like, it really does look like a Castlevania room, I think.
1: It is pretty nice.
2: But th- th- I, I did have a little trouble with this boss because, again, getting knocked off. But Agreed.
1: And you only have three hearts. Um, I wasn't and... worried about dying as much as getting knocked off. But having three hearts is it's rough in the beginning.
2: Yeah. Um, the best pro tip I could find, and it seemed to work for me, as this guy says stand in front of the door at the top and face down and just jam on your attack button Mm -hmm. and you'll kill it eventually and it works
1: okay i was doing a lot of charging and jump spinning okay okay hoping i'd hit it
2: yeah yeah i I mean i tried using actual tactics but i mean i i don't know how many hits this boss takes Mm -hmm. with your normal sword like six or something probably yeah but i always seem to fall one or two short before i get knocked off again and then have to start over
1: can be very frustrating but once you've defeated that boss, they drop a heart container for you. Yeah. And All bosses do.
2: Yeah, which is nice.
1: And most of the many bosses drop a fairy. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So that's nice as well. Replenish and some life. You get that heart container, you move up a room, and on the pedestal in the back is not a Triforce, but an instrument. Yeah, the full moon cello. And you pick it up, and you play that little song on the cello. Yeah, you jam it out. All of the instruments have their own little...
2: Uh... Progression or, or little sound riff. I yeah, it's okay. pretty
1: great. And the other great thing is, once you have gotten it, it just warps you right out of that building. Yep, no need to backtrack. None at all. You are back at the beginning of the level. <laughs> all right, folks. As we mentioned, this is going to be a big three-parter. There's no way we can talk about Zelda for less than. I don't know, three hours. Definitely a triple threat. So join us again next week for the third and final episode for our Zelda Link's Awakening series. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't yet, please go find a copy of this game, play it any way you can, and uh, I'm sure you'll love it. Spoiler alert for our final segment of next week's show.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And if you already love it, you can let us know at cartridgecommandgmail.com. At you can email us there. We'll read it. Maybe read. Maybe email you back, shout it out, you never know.
1: Or you can do that on uh, Facebook at Cartridge Command. Share it for the whole world to see or send it as a private message that confounds me why it won't open in the other app that's supposed to be just for messages. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. And that's my old man rant. But uh, <laughs> we're also on Twitter at Cart Command. I let you know when new shows happen. Sometimes share a picture of an arcade or maybe a Lego turkey. Yeah,
2: you never know what you're going to get.
1: Don't worry, it won't be very often. <laughs> uh, but of course, it is those wonderful and fun folks at patreon.com slash cartridge command. It is the few rupees they toss our way each month that yeah. makes this show possible. We're just a couple guys that love doing this show. Uh, and as long as you, you give us the money to pay for our hosting, the cables, maybe gas to drive across the state, yeah, we'll keep getting together and recording the show for all of you. So thank you all so very, very much. Yes. And as always, cartridge commandos. Game on. Game on. on. Like, can you do this?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Zelda coming at you. <laughs> New soundboard.
1: Loving every minute of it.
2: Three free default sounds.
1: Oh, yeah. Cartridge command. <laughs>
2: uh, like I That's just flew in them. from Hyrule. <laughs> Boy, are my <I> arms tired. <laughs> Good crowd. Thank you. that should not be that fun (laughs) it shouldn't but
0: that's the end of the show